Aloha, everyone, and welcome back to the High Connect Podcast, a weekly podcast where all we do is win World Yo-Yo Championships and compose hit music. And hey, no one does that better than my guest today, 2018 World Yo-Yo Champion and musician Evan Nagao, a.k.a. Evan from Heaven. How you doing, Evan? What's up, man? I'm good. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that was, that's the intro, man. No, uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, dude, I'm excited to talk to you because you have a very mm. interesting career. And I mean, I think we'd be remiss not to start off with the yo-yo stuff, right? But I'm really interested into the how you like diversified and got into the music gig after that. But mm. to start off with the yo-yo, I mean, I feel like that's what you're mainly known for at the beginning, right? Because mm. apparently when I was doing my research, you were labeled as like a yo-yo prodigy at the age of like two or three or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did your research. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's basically what happened. Um, I mean, I could start from the beginning. So basically, my dad actually, he owned the kite shop in Ala Moana back like, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. I don't know if you remember it. It's called High Performance Kites. Um, and they ended up like selling yo-yos. Um, like kites as in like the flying a kite. Yeah, like flying a kite. Oh, okay. Well, I lived on Kauai, that's why. So I don't oh, remember. Oh, you lived Ala- on Kauai. Okay, yeah, okay. I don't remember Ala Moana too much back then. Gotcha, okay, gotcha. Okay. So kites and yo-yos. Yeah, so so he ended up selling kites. He had a kite shop and then they sold yo-yos. And somehow, like, uh, I think it was like 96 or 95, it ended up just blowing up all across the island. Mm. Everybody was doing it. Um, and then he decided to take that to Japan uh, and he ended up selling like 30 million yo-yos in Japan, some crazy what? number. Yeah, holy! So he ended up becoming like a multimillionaire just like selling yo-yos, um, and that was totally different. Like, there's a whole story that I could go into with that <laughs> on its own. Um, but that's kind of how I got into it because he had, you know, you can imagine he was running a business that was like super huge, had like hundreds of employees. Right. And and a lot of the people that he hired too were also like yo-yo demonstrators. Oh, I see. So like a lot of the time uh you know there would just be like people who came over and would practice their routines so they could go on stage in Japan and sell yo-yos and stuff. Um so from that that's how I kind of got into it. Um oh. because I just saw all these kids all around and my dad as well um just yo-yoing all the time. And I kind of just was like I guess like yo-yo is just a normal like human thing to do, you know? Yeah, because I, I think what I saw is that you learned at like one years old or something, which is insane. Like I have a, a newborn son. He's uh, going to be six months soon. And to think six months from now he'd be playing with a yo-yo is like blowing my mind because the guy can barely like hold a toy with two hands and stuff. So hearing that, I was like, that's super impressive. Um, mm. But before we continue with that, I, I kind of got to backtrack. Mm. Did he nix the kites after he realized that the yo-yos were like the way to go? Yeah, well, so he always had the kite shop, and then all of a sudden, just yo-yos started blowing up. Mm. And he had no idea really, like, why, but then he kind of researched, like, the the trends and stuff. Yeah. And then once, like, it started, like, kind of going viral, then he just put all in into yo-yos. Because yo-yos have been around way longer than the 90s, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, It's just the popularity, like, for whatever reason, got viral, is what you're saying. I see. Like, same with kendama. I don't know if you remember the kendama trend. Yeah. Um, but like, or even like fidget spinners, like these oh. kinds of things have been around for a while, but for some reason, just, it just picks up and then you kind of just got to ride the wave. You I know? wonder if it's like a cyclical thing, right? So it, it, maybe it'll be like big again in like 20 years or something, right? Where there's just an explosion again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, so that's what my dad said is basically there's like 12 year cycles. Oh, 12 years. So every time like yo-yo becomes big, then it has to kind of wait till it gets out of trend. Uh-huh. Like, and so like. 
it's based on the school cycles, right? So nobody's yo-yoing in school oh. and then nobody sees it. So then when somebody comes with it again, then it kind of is like new and then... That makes sense. Uh, that's what he said, but wow. I don't even know. So uh, I mean, I, I when I'm thinking about it, it, must it must be true because yeah, yo-yos have been around for a long time. Kendamas have been around for forever, but I do remember that like I missed it, I think, but I saw like my younger sister and stuff in high school. You just everybody had one, and I was like, I don't understand, but <laughs> yeah. for whatever reason, it's cool. I guess it's a ball and a stick. <laughs> it's just but, one of those things. Yeah, you, it's like memes, you know. You just or like like any type of modern trend. You're just like, I don't know why this thing is going viral on TikTok. I don't know why there's a guy drinking cranberry <laughs> juice, like oh, singing yeah. dreams. Like, sure. I don't know why that's famous, but it just is. So <laughs> we'll just go with it, you but, know. <laughs> it, so it's one thing for it to be viral, and you know, everybody's kind of interested in it but it's a completely another thing where you actually excelled at it which i think is insane right so mm. uh one you learned how to pick up the yo-yo and use it and then i think by the age of four i was seeing is like you were like pretty much an expert considered an expert with the yo-yo right mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. all self-taught or like how what happens there man is it just really in your head you're just a prodigy and it's like this is easy it's like being able to write or you know just speaking it's just part of your body at that point yeah i i'd say it's probably like what you're saying like it's part of my body mm. And I don't know, I, I guess, like, it was just so natural for me, you know, to, like, learn yo-yo. It kind of kind of was, like, just, if you're a human, I thought you learned how to yo-yo because every human that I knew around me oh. was yo-yoing, you know? Yeah. So, and then, yeah, it was, it was pretty easy. I, I, I kind of just fell into it, to be honest. Mm. And I think that's kind of the story of my life. Like, just, I feel like sometimes I try to force something. And then, but at the end of the day, I'll just, like, life will kind of flow you back into, like, the thing that you need to be doing. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Because yeah. then, um, so you were, I guess by four, you know, you were, like, really good with the yo-yo and stuff. And that's when you started getting, like, uh, media attention and whatnot, right? Mm. I think I saw, <laughs> dude, you had, like, a crazy history. I have it in my notes over here. <laughs> it was something like you were on uh, Ellen, Ripley's Believe It or Not, Tonight Show, Leno, all of that stuff, man. Because I guess it's just crazy to see. And also, I did mm. watch one of the videos you had on your YouTube channel. Of I think it was with Leno on his show. You were like four years old. Dude, you had great like stage presence as a kid. <laughs> four. I was like, this kid is so cool. He's like just sitting here with, uh, I think it was Rob Schneider. And I was like, what is this? You know? Yeah. And it's awesome because, you know, he introduced you from Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, mm. It's cool to get Hawaii's name out there. And then who would have known like you would have took that to the next level in 2018 when you actually won like a world yo-yo championship, right? Mm. Yeah. But I think the journey in between was also very interesting for you because from what I was reading or whatever, you had like a lot of like times where you just like got over it, I guess, because you were doing it so much. I'm assuming it's like everyday thing. It's just like, okay, I I don't really want to do this. You would retire for a little bit and then come back. And that was like a cycle as well, right? Mm. Yeah, it was, you know, I think it's just for me. I always just did what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like I just, you know, sometimes I would want to go, I don't know, skateboard or hang out with friends. And um, some days I would want to yo-yo and I don't really know what happened. I kind of just didn't do it for a while. <laughs> and then I did. <laughs> I and you, did you like miss through. a step or something? Like, you know, how long was that first layoff, I guess, when you, you know, stopped doing it? Um. So... When I first stopped, I think I was around kindergarten, I think. And okay. Like, so it was like I was so young, so I don't really remember. I can't really comprehend what I was, like, thinking at the time. Of course. But I think, you know, just, like, kind of if I were to theorize about what was going on in my brain, it was like I was hanging out with friends. I just got into school, you know, and um, 
I guess like yo-yoing just wasn't as important. And mm. then later I kind of picked it up. You know, I think it was actually crazy because like, I, you know, sometimes people say like there's like these crossroads in your life. Yeah. And like you see that if you had gone, like if this thing happened, then everything would be different. Yeah. And there was this moment like in, I think I was like in 10th or 11th grade. I can't remember. But we went to Redondo Beach Pier and there was this kite shop that was like one of my dad's friends and they had a yo-yo there. And so for whatever reason, my dad's like, hey, you should get a yo-yo. So, um, you know, he ended up buying me this yo-yo. It was a yo-yo factory, like, which is the company that I'm sponsored by, a yo-yo factory, California. And I just like started yo-yoing. And from that, I guess I kind of just picked it up again. In 11th grade. I think it was 10th or 11th grade. I can't remember. But high school. So you went from kindergarten to high school without ever, you know, taking it seriously with the yo-yo. I would say I I did it sometimes, but it wasn't like I did it, you know, it was like just every so often. Right, right, right. Okay. So when did you actually like back? Okay, fast forward again. You know, you had the (laughs) yo-yo factory yo-yo. Saw, Mm -hmm. you know, you had a passion for it again. Then, then at that point, like, when did you want to like compete? Because I know you won like a couple nationals, 2017, I think, and 2018, mm-hmm. and then you went on to Worlds at 2018 as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like back in 2014, I had I was meditating. This is like a weird story, but I was meditating and I created this trick in my head, and it was this trick where I roll on the ground and like do this crazy like acrobatic looking thing. Um, and for some reason, I thought I had in my mind, I'm like, yo, I'm going to win. Like, I know I'm going to win. This trick is so sick. I'm going to win. Uh, but I ended up going to the 2014 uh, Yo-Yo contest and I placed like six. So okay. I was like pretty disappointed. But I think that that disappointment kind of like sparked me. Like it made me really hungry, you know? Uh. So then the next year I was like, hey, I'm going to win. And then and then I kind of was like, oh, my God, winning is like really hard. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, of realized, like, I realized it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. Um, but so I, I had like learned to kind of discipline myself. And then finally in 2018, I realized like what it took. And, mm. and so like that's when I actually put in the work. Like I like that year I practiced like five hours a day um, every day for like a whole year. Oh, wow. And then and then I traveled around the world. And like met all the judges, like all the yo-yo judges, and asked them how to like score my freestyle the best. Oh wow! So that was a very like a very like a uh, masculine like intense like endeavor. Like oh, I'm gonna go win this thing. Yeah. But up until that point, it was really, um, it was really like a lot more just fun, you know. And that's insane because you catch like. We've only just met right now, right? But just the persona and like the aura that you give off, you seem like a free flowing kind of like just go with the flow guy, like you mentioned, right? To so to see you like turn it on in 2018, where you're like, okay, I actually want to hone in on this, and you know, I want to pursue this and try to win this. That's like a complete like personality shift. I feel like for you, so it's kind of amazing that you can like turn it on when you want, but at the same time, you also have the discipline that you like say, I kind of want to just do this for fun, you know. And it's also awesome. It sounds like your parents are so supportive because. You know, they saw this prodigious, like, yo-yo expertise in you as a kid, and they didn't, like, shove you into it, you know? Mm. It was like, oh, you don't want to do it anymore? That's fine, man. <laughs> Go do your thing, you know? And then you found it, your passion for it again, which is amazing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, I, you know, I love my parents. I think I got really lucky because I think a lot of Asian parents, maybe not so much in Hawaii because a lot of our parents are, like, second, third generation. True. 
but a lot of you know Asian parents, like some of my friends that I know, they're really like intense yes. on on them. Yeah, and you know sometimes, uh, like for me in my life, I feel like if if that was the case, then it'd be a lot harder for me to do things because a lot of the reasons why I got so good at yo-yo was because there was like no expectation, mm. you know. And I feel like Jason Park's the same way. Yeah, like about skating. Like I feel like. It was just something that he really loved to do, and because he loved it so much, he put so much time and effort, and like became really good. So right, but if you had that pressure on you per se, maybe like when you hit a wall or something, you just be like, okay, this is too much, and you just you shut down, right? Rather than continue to pursue and like actually want to be in the space, it feels more like you're forced, I guess, right? To an yeah, extent. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and even like, even I feel like it's like you don't want to do it. Like you feel like. Mm. It's like because I'm told what to do. I'm kind of like that. If somebody tells me to do something, I'm like, all right, now I really don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like when you're gonna go take out the trash, and then your mom's like, go take out the trash, and you're like, well, now I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> no, that's right, exactly. For whatever reason, that's just like human nature. I feel like, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that is, but that's great because I think uh, what I. What I so I'm not a yo-yo expert by any means, dude. I can literally like just do the motion and that's it. I, I tried to do tricks or whatever. It just doesn't come naturally to me. But I never put as much time into it as you or even like visualized it. But from what I can tell, just from the few things that I've watched on your Instagram or your YouTube, it seems like a lot of it is like a creative endeavor where you're trying to create something like there's the basic tricks, right? Like the textbook tricks. But then the one that you said where you're like rolling on the ground or whatever and trying to figure out and like this is going to win. That's all something that comes creatively. It's kind of like an art or like a kind of like music, you know, self-expression where it's like or Jason with his skating. It's just something you visualize completely different than what people see. And I think that's what kind of like I'm assuming separates like people that are good at yo-yo and then people that are great at it, you know? Mm. Yeah, because it's it, if you take it to textbook, I feel like I feel like it wouldn't win per se like the championships because it'd just be something they see like all the time right yeah i think that's definitely true to win you have to have some level of creativity um and uh, you know one of the interesting things that came up while you're talking about that Mm -hmm. is i was at this yo-yo contest and you know a lot of times there's people from different countries and they don't all speak english they all speak different languages um but it was like one of the coolest moments there's this guy from japan who who doesn't speak any english uh like yo-yoing with this guy from America and it, they're literally like communicating through yo-yo. So they were they were like like speaking this language and he was doing this thing and then he was like and then and the other guy's like, "Oh, okay, okay." And then he did no the thing. No way, man. Like, That's insane. Was, it's just this I think, you know, when you get really deep into a culture, it almost turns into like this way to communicate. And I feel like art is kind of the same way. You know, it's like for me, yo-yoing and music alike, they're both just ways to express, like, something that I'm feeling. Right, right. If that makes sense. So it's like, I think sometimes, you know, emotions are really complicated and you can't really explain exactly everything in words. And even if you can, it's more like a logical thing. But sometimes when you, like, do a really crazy yo-yo trick or, like, you, you sing a song or something, it expresses something, like, deeper, and and you feel you feel what that person's feeling and i think i don't know i feel like that is kind of the beauty of art it can kind of try to express even though it's not perfect like you can try to express something that's completely unexpressible i dude okay so i want to stay on that thought but i just realized i said i would get you water and i didn't get you water oh, okay so yeah let me grab my bag.
Okay, sounds good. Because sounds good. Like, I was like, oh, I want to take a drink of water. And then I realized, like, oh, sorry, it's warm, but. <laughs> perfect. I love warm water. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Because, okay, so on the thought of that, you know, the expression and stuff. And mm. there's more questions that I have with you, Ariel. But what struck me with that is the music. Uh, and mm. I want to so we can talk about your music career. Mm. Um, you go by the stage name Evan from Heaven, right? Mm. I looked at your YouTube and we were looking at some of the music videos, me and my wife. And I really understand like what you mean about the expression because your music videos, not only are the songs like really catchy and good, but the music videos are always like, I kind of like liken it to like, uh, I think they're called OK Go before where they would just do like these crazy like music videos that were like mm. really like different. I think they were the ones that did the, um, what's it called? The treadmill music stop video motion, yeah treadmill, yeah stop motion because yeah, yeah. you had the waves music video where it was stop motion right mm -hmm. that must have took forever yeah because <laughs> my wife my wife watched it and she's like how long does it take to do this and i'm like i'm pretty sure those aren't videos that's a picture and then he keeps taking more pictures and moving and moving and i was like that is so creative you know mm. um and then we had another one i it, some spanish song and it was just amazing too because i was like okay this is a different level you know to what he was doing um and then you had another one where you're like changing clothes and stuff all the time like it was just like fast uh quick cuts and stuff and i was like this is really like different you know mm. and uh what really struck me with that is the creativity level because i was assuming that you know you were kind of like drill to learn all of these yo-yo things and you know typical like asian household like we said like practicing every day like this is your life you have to do it like this um and that doesn't really leave room for creativity but now that i see your career path and you know you explain it a bit more it, it's very cool to see you were able to like have the creativity not only on the yo-yos part but for whatever reason music and stuff it just i guess you're just an artist in general it seems like mm. you know you have that part of the brain in you because I really like the music, man. <laughs> We're going to talk man. about that. When did you start getting into the music then? Is that like something that happened like in adolescence, you know, childhood? Or was it really later, like completely after the yo-yo craze for you? Yeah, so um, it's actually pretty weird. Um, <laughs> so this is back in, I think, 2015. I went to this kind of meditation retreat. And you meditate on this mountain for like three days straight and you don't have like you don't eat food you kind of just meditate there how old were you when you did this uh i was like 18 19 maybe wow and did you just figure this out on your own you're like i just want to take this trip well so yeah so actually my parents uh both did this seminar thing so oh, it's, it's part of a seminar uh, and then later i ended up you know kind of finding other things that i did uh, but that's like another story okay uh, but on on this uh trip basically the instructor kind of tells you, okay, so what you're going to do is write down like a vision for your life. Uh, like after you kind of spend some time to meditate and it's like weird because you, you write it in third person. Hmm. So as you're writing it, especially cause you're kind of like out of it a little bit, like you're not, you're, you don't feel like you're conscious necessarily. You're more like in this subconscious state where I, I, I liken it to kind of being connected with like, the creator or something okay let me okay so let me pause right there yeah. is this like a drug trip thing or no no no, no. Uh, it's it's literally like you just sit there and you just meditate but but honestly uh so i've i've you know i've experienced like psychedelic drugs and stuff like that and somewhat similar it's honestly in these types of experiences meditating it's actually been even more intense even more intense Whoa. but but i would say Intense is like kind of the wrong word because 
It, so like I've experienced uh, like ayahuasca. I don't know if you've ever heard. Uh, of yeah, that. yeah, that, yeah. Um, so like it's like that, a journey that one, right? That one is like really scary. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, like for me it was, <laughs> and it was like a lot of every emotion. So, but when I did this, so I've done a few meditation experiences. Um, so the second time, so so that's not the one that I was talking about earlier. Uh-huh. But the second time I did it, I experienced like everything. Like I experienced like oneness with everything whoa and and it was the most like like you could not explain it in words like like i said like you'd have to have a song to try to express it but it was just this infinite like light and love just like beating i can't even express it yeah the words i tried but it's not gonna do and it was only a three-day meditation you said so that one was a three-day meditation. Um, How do you get to that? What what day did you get to that state? Was it the third day? Is it, it because you're like, day. is it probably because you're like hallucinating or something a little bit because you're hungry and you're thirsty or whatever, and you've just been stuck in one spot? Is that how it goes? Yeah. So the the first time I did that three-day thing, um, I didn't experience all that. The second time, you meditate for like, you know, basically sixteen hours a day, and then okay. you go to bed, and then you meditate again, and then you. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's, I don't know what it's about. Yeah, think, that's so I weird how it just changes all of a sudden, right? You're, you're, so what we were doing was, okay, and, and now we're getting into this. I want to do eventually get back to like the uh, Yeah, no thing. worries, no like, worries. This is why I like podcasts. Yeah. I, love, I love podcasts too because it's like you can go wherever you want. <laughs> exactly. Um, but for that particular one where I felt one with the universe and I, I knew what like reality was basically, like I, it was kind of like enlightenment. Yeah. For that experience, what we did was um, the instructor told us to focus uh, simultaneously on the breath. So we started off just focusing on the breath. We took, you know, like eight hours or so just to do that. Okay. And then you imagine like like the Jesus or the Buddha are in front of you and they're going to tell you the most important thing you're, you're going to hear in your life. So you're really activating the auditory faculty in your brain. Mm. And so he was saying, just like, get ready for what they're going to tell you. And Mm. and it's not really like that you have to, they're going to tell you anything, but it's like, how would you like be present to that? You know, Mm. like if, if, or like the, your, your most, like the person you idolize the most, I don't know who that could be, you know, Mm -hmm. whether that's like Ariana Grande or something, they're going to like tell you something and you, you better be attentive. Right. So, and then the third thing is you're visualizing you're waking up to this divine like light. So I Whoa. think for some reason when you have all these things like kind of happening at once, it kind of might short circuit your brain. And this is all just the analytical stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is all very interesting to me, man, because I really wanted to like try to go into like these kinds of states and stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And have so you ever like tried like psychedelics? No, but I, dude, I've always been tempted. So my thing is like we have like a my my family has like a family history of like a drug abuse and stuff. So I'm kind of worried, you know, to try out the psychedelics, even though I heard it's like non-addictive and all of this. Mm. But it was always something that I like listened to. And it's like a, such a awakening experience, you know, and most times you don't get addicted to it. So I'm like, I keep thinking like, okay, if there was anything I want to try to do, you know, I, I listen to Rogan and stuff and he talks about DMT all the time. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried that one? <laughs> I've heard that's like a quick one. It's pretty easy, but I've heard the ayahuasca is like, can be intense, you know, sh- shrooms and all of this LSD, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, it's, I feel like you probably can get into that state easier once you've had like a psychedelic experience probably because you kind of like know what you're expecting or what you're like, like I said, an awakening, you know, your mind is kind of already open to these ideas. Whereas for me, when you're just speaking right now, like, okay, you have to like hear like, you know, Jesus or the Buddha, you know, saying this and then visualize Mm -hmm. it and stuff. For me, I I don't know what that would look like per se, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's just a concept. 
Whereas maybe when you have a psychedelic experience already, you can kind of already visualize what that potentially might look like. So it might be coming easier to you. Because mm. for me, it's just like, I have no idea. I'd be sitting there like, all right, this is going to happen <laughs> soon. You know, <laughs> like, something, something happened to me, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think ironically, um, like kind of waiting for something to happen or trying to make something happen is like the thing that kind of stops it from happening. Oh, okay. So like the same thing I've experienced even with like, even just like with falling asleep, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you're like trying so hard to fall asleep. And, like, because you're trying so hard, it's, like, it's impossible. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like, okay, what do I got to do? What do I gotta, Okay, focus on the breath. Okay, focus on the breath. Okay. Like, and then you're just, like, dude, okay, I can't fall asleep. Yeah. And then eventually you're just, like, screw it. I can't fall asleep, whatever. <laughs> and then that's when you fall asleep. You're right, right, right. That's true. So it's the same thing when you were in that meditative state then. Mm, yeah, it wasn't like I was, like, expecting anything. I was kind of... It's mm. weird. It, I can't even explain it. It's almost like my brain short-circuited. Mm-hmm. Um from an experiential level though like that those are all the mechanics like you could talk about the you know the neuropsychology mm-hmm. and all, all this stuff but like when i really got down to it it was like just and i get chills thinking about it like everything just melted together mm-hmm. and instead of being like evan nagao who i am now mm-hmm. it was like it was just everything existed and mm-hmm. I, and not that i was everything but it was that you're part of it yeah, everything, everything was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but everything was also everything else. And for some reason, I, I had this awareness that, like, I could sense everything that existed through my own lens. There's no way to explain it. <laughs> that's kind of not, that's pretty good explanation, man. But I, I yeah. definitely understand where you're coming from, where it's hard to put into words. Mm. So after you have that experience, you know, you come out of the meditation state and all of this, what change does that give you from, like, you know, going forward with your life? Is it like a sense of peace that, you know, like in the background of all of these things, you are just, you know, a cog, you know, or just a part of everything else in the world where it doesn't like you feel less stressed, I guess, because there's not as much pressure as you think on yourself where you, you know, you're part of everything. Mm. Would you say that that's kind of like what helps moving forward or, you know, what's weird is like, I don't think it really changed anything. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't think it changed anything. The only thing that it did is, <clears throat> I think you just get to appreciate more mm. what you are. Mm. Because it's, uh, there's no, I don't really know what it did, honestly. Like, I experienced life as everything being one. You're right. And then you come into your body. So after the meditation, I kind of felt like I got sucked into reality. It's like I had yeah. been exploded into like outer space, into everything. And then I kind of got sucked back into my body. And there was like this deep appreciation for like the the uniqueness of being like my own person. Ah, oh, interesting. And being like just a thing like something different from like just everything <laughs> oh i see because i feel like it could go the opposite way too you know mm. like when you're you know you feel good because maybe because you had a good upbringing right you know you have supportive parents and all of this so going into an experience like that and you know being if if you weren't from that same household you know maybe you're like um you have no parents you know you have a tougher childhood you know, seeing that you're part of like everything in the world might make you feel good. So when you come back into your own, your sh- shitty life or whatever, if that was who you were, 
I feel like it'd be the opposite effect, right? Where it'd be like, damn, I really want to go back to that state. Like this sucks being the individual who I am because who am I, you know? Um, but it's interesting to hear, you know, for you, it's like you have an appreciation of being, you know, an individual rather than, you know, wanting to be part of that whole thing. Yeah. 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 Well, I think speaking on that, like, I think, you know, the truth is everybody has a shitty life. Mm. Like that's like, th- there's so much truth in that. And I mm. think people who, who say that they don't have a shitty life is like bullshitting you. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we all, like, I think, and it's just the nature of how our brains work to a certain extent. Like. Yeah. We have positive and negative emotions for a reason to like, you know, help us help direct ourselves. And um, I think that sometimes there's a heaviness to that, but like there's a beauty to it too, mm. because it's like, and I don't even really know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> uh, no, it makes sense, man. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like you, you get to that state of oneness and it's pure peace and pure mm-hmm. bliss. And it's like perfection. But at the same time, like, there's also fun in the, you know, some like Indians would call it like the karma of mm-hmm. life, like kind of just the heaviness of life, mm-hmm. because it's just like it's something to, to experience and kind of work through. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's definitely right, and I'm glad you brought that up because one of the quotes that I always like try to like put myself into is the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you so you can't really compare like you know this person like comes from like a drug abuse household abuse as a kid or whatever all of these like hard things for them in their mind that's the hardest thing they dealt with but conversely even if you come from like a you know good family or whatever if you like crash your car and you know you that's the worst thing that's happened to you that's still the worst thing that's happened to you and in your mind it has the same effect as you know the person that was abused or whatever it's like the same level of heaviness like you said that karma or whatever the indians called it because there is always going to be negative inside of the positive as well and i think that's really like enlightening because it does show like everybody's kind of on their own journey and it just can't it's not comparable like from one person to another because it's still your own experiences Mm -hmm. and that feeling of like negative or like pain or whatever it, it might seem like on a scale, if you're comparing yourself to somebody else, that it's okay, maybe it's less because this one isn't as severe. But to you in your head and what you're feeling and your truth of it, that's still like the same level. You know, you're still feeling like really shady. You're feeling like down. There's a lot of negativity and all of that. So I, I do like appreciate what you say about that. You know, like everybody does in an extent have a shitty life, which is kind of sad to say, but it is a very like worldly truth, I feel like. Yeah. And, and you know, there's a flip side too that, Everybody has a beautiful life. True. You know, in some way, in some way, everybody has a beautiful existence. And Mm. so that's like the, there's a contrast. And well, so like one thing I want to say going back to the the previous thing is like some of the people that I know are like, like some of the saddest people I'd say, or like some of the most depressed are the ones that they have everything Mm. going for them. And then it's like, you know, what what is there you know what else is there to live for you know mm-hmm. like the like i think one one of my friends who's really depressed like uh i won't like name her name no, but course. like she you know she she kind of like you know has really good parents and she has everything but i think it's because like everything's taken care of and everything is so comfortable that it's like there's no reason to go out and like take risks and sometimes like the shitty experiences and going like getting 
you know, getting in the mud is like the thing that's the most fulfilling. Yeah, because then also if you have everything, it's hard to aspire to something better because, you know, you're already at that peak. So it does create like a riff of like, this is as good as it gets in life, I guess. You know, I'm going to live the next 80 years or whatever, just kind of chilling. But that aspiration, you know, like for you, that drive of like saying in 2014, you know, you came in sixth place or whatever. You're like, damn, this sucks, you know, like, but I know I can get better. And, you know, if I put my all into it, I could probably win this stuff. Like that goal and that drive helps you so much, like grow as a person. And it just creates like goals in life. You know, if you don't have any goals in life, then that I can see why you get depressed. It's just like a you're just kind of floating through space, you know, <laughs> and mm-hmm. just aimlessly. So, mm-hmm. I, dude, how old are you, by the way? I might, if you don't mind me asking, Evan, because you're very worldly. I'm, I'm realizing here. Did you go to college yourself too? Yeah, so I'm 25. Uh, okay. I went to uh, one semester in college. Only one. Okay, okay. But yeah. I mean, see, this is my thing too. I so for me, my background. I'm I'm 30 now. Mm. Um, I had a undergraduate degree in uh, psychology, which is why I love talking about like these psychedelics mm. and all of these like brain things. Um, I ended up getting a master's degree in counseling, so six or seven years of schooling. Um, and now I do none of that because I do YouTube full time. So what a waste of my time. (laughs) (laughs) So when I hear things like this, you know, like people like uh, one year of college or whatever, I think that's pretty cool. You know, you went in, you tried to do it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. And, uh, you pursued your passion in music or in yo-yo or something, which is really dope. But at the same time, uh, your level of like thought and like just world experiences and stuff. I would, that's why I asked if you went to college, because I would assume you're very educated from just the way you speak, the way you hold yourself, and you didn't need a college experience for that. So my thing, and I always try to preach this on like every podcast and stuff, is we grew up in a time, because we're not that, I'm not that much older than you, but we grew up in a time where college was like the norm, and it was like kind mm-hmm. of forced, like if you didn't go to college, you're not successful, right? Mm-hmm. So it was always like drilled into your head, and nowadays like nobody gets a college degree that actually, like... Some people, if you're going to a lawyer or doctor, that's something you should go to college for. But a lot of people go to college, get the degree, and then they don't even use it. They go into a completely different field. They waste, not wasted, but they they spent four years of their life, a lot of money and stuff to get it, and they're not even using it. So I love hearing things like you where you didn't have to go to school. You're doing music because you like loved it and you like trained at it yourself. You did yo-yo because you loved it and you trained it at yourself. Like there's other possibilities other than just going to school and saying, I have a piece of paper now, now I'm going to go get this job. Because I feel like that does really limit you, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas you, you can do anything, you know? Like you're not tied down because you don't have a piece of paper saying you have to do this job now because you invested so much time in it. Right, yeah. I mean, I think to know that that's an option mm-hmm. is really important. Because mm-hmm. I think, oh man, I feel so good saying this because I feel like this is really important. This is a really important message. Like, I don't think that it's an issue to, I don't think it's a bad thing to go to college. And I don't think mm-hmm. my, my message is necessarily, Hey, don't go to college. Like you, you should try to like make your own way. That's what I did, but I don't think that's what everybody should do. But I think that people knowing that that's an option and like knowing that you can find a way like that's important to know. Cause I think a lot of people, you know, especially with expectations of parents and stuff. Yeah. They'll kind of like either not go to college or drop out or something and or even like high school and they'll be like, man, I'm a failure. Yes, because you know? their self-worth is tied to education, mm-hmm. which is horrible because that, <laughs> that's not the case. You know, like you could be into music like you're saying and you feel like probably the best you've ever felt in your life, you know. Jacks. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and, you know, also on the other side, like sometimes I feel the worst that I've ever felt. Mm. But But like <laughs> this comes back like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you can still make an impact on people mm-hmm. like what you do with YouTube you know? and stuff, right? With YouTube. And, and, and I'm sure even like your psychology and, and your, you know, 
counseling studies mm. comes into a lot into play because it's just like being able to talk to somebody exactly and like listen and stuff and and that's like you know probably you know that's where the value comes from and and so like getting back to the message it's like yo if you if you feel like you're like a failure and like you know you maybe you've been out of school for you know a few years and maybe you're in the middle life you know in a middle life crisis or something and I, I almost feel kind of like that sometimes mm-hmm. like you know just remembering that you know you are important mm-hmm. you you can be important mm-hmm. you know and and even if it's like small things like even if it's just like helping helping like your mom like do the laundry and stuff like start off with that but you know like i think the importance is realizing that like no matter where you're at you're always going to be able to have an impact on people right right you always you always have a choice to like do something that can either be of benefit or not and but here's the thing even when you're not being a benefit the thing you have to realize is like there's still a process going on there that's helping you to become something that can be like important if right. that makes sense like even if you're just at home playing video games all day or even if you're just at home being depressed all day you know sometimes that's the process and sometimes like you'll go through you know some of my biggest like breakthroughs have been after like these major kind of depressive episodes um sorry i'm like i'm hogging all the mic time no no i love this <laughs> i love listening man this is my thing yeah one, one of the things that happened to me <clears throat> um back this was like in 2017 or 16 is i you know i got into a real big beef with my dad because he ended up um i won't get into it too much no, but yeah. there was like family things and and he ended up you know divorcing my mom and okay. and, and all the stuff <clears throat> and i got super angry at him and like i like it was this weird time where like i literally was so angry that i wanted to like punch him in the face mm-hmm. like i was so mad and at the time i was working for him uh i was working with him uh in his marketing business and it was kind of like I, I hate to say it like this but i was kind of like his bitch you know mm. like i i looked up to him like he was god mm. and you know there was this period that I was just like so mad at him that I was like you know what screw you I'm not going to do anything I don't want anything to do with your you know your business I don't want anything to do with anything that you're doing I'm just going to like lay in my bed for like a year do nothing um and and actually it was amazing because through that that's where I really refound like my interest in yo-yo mm. and that's when I realized like I'm going to like I really want to go on this path mm. and 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 like, if it wasn't for that experience, I wouldn't have done that. And then there's a happy ending, like, you know, after experiencing ayahuasca and all that, and like releasing a lot of this anger that I had, you know, my relationship with my dad became so much better oh, wow. and actually a lot healthier because our relationship was no longer like your God and I need to do what you say. It was right. like really this like really like loving, like mm. connected thing. So... <laughs> again i'm going super off tangent but like coming back to it, it's like sometimes th- those really like tough times are exactly the thing you need yeah and i think sometimes we forget that and we have all this expectation like i need to be doing this or like oh i'm such a failure for not going to school i should be trying to go to school or i should be trying to like do this thing but like sometimes when you just sit quietly and just listen and relax into like 
what you're feeling, like you realize that like the perfect thing is unfolding. I, dude, I, I completely resonate with that, man. I like, and I'm so happy you're like so okay with like sharing these kinds of things, you know, because I feel like people do need to hear this kind of stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. whoever's listening, whoever's watching, um, it just goes beyond, you know, just a superficial thing of like, okay, you know, like, oh, okay, life is hard or whatever, you know, just get through it. Seeing real person, people's experiences and stuff with it, it puts it into perspective more, you know? Um, and one of the quotes that I really like and things that helped me like growing up was, uh, it's always darkest before the dawn. So mm. it always seems like you're in the worst state possible, but if you just wait a little bit and kind of like, you know, like you said, sit in that like depression and re- like cr- try to process everything, things will get better. And it sounds like such a cliche thing, but it really is true. It's always darkest before the dawn. Um, for me, like I, like I mentioned, you know, we, my family had like a, a weird history too. I got to come from divorced parents as well. You know, we never had a lot of money growing up and stuff. And I always felt like, okay, what is next? You know, what kind of possibilities are out there? And I I went to school, did all of this stuff, and I still didn't really feel fulfilled. Didn't think that I was going to get anywhere. And then lo and behold, I did this YouTube thing and it ended up taking off and I could do that full time. Now Mm. I'm married, have a kid. We just bought a house, all of these like really nice things that I never thought was going to happen to me. And, but before, when I was like in high school and stuff, man, I was super depressed. You know, I was like, really like, dude, I'm a, I'm a loser. I would tell myself that all the time. I'm like, you, you suck, you know, <laughs> and I'm mm. like, you're not going to do anything with your life. And it was just like, it's hard to see past that, you know? Mm. Um, but if you don't have those experiences, like we were talking about, it's hard to like, I guess, appreciate things that you do have later on. So it, it does work hand in hand, you know, you're not going to have a perfect life. And if you do, it probably isn't the greatest life because, you know, if you have everything, then it's hard to aspire, like we said. You know, it's it's you're gonna get depressed more, and it's it's I don't know. That's just nobody has a perfect life. Exactly, <laughs> That's exactly. The it is. It's true, dude. It's so true. It's so true. And it's like uh, even the people that are like striving and feel like they're doing really good. It's like there there's always something going on, you know. And that's why mm-hmm. I feel like it's so good to just connect with people like through this and stuff because you never know what people have going on until you like get into the roots of it. And maybe they don't even know what they have going on, right? Mm-hmm. Unless they talk about it and stuff too, which is awesome. So. Dude, like I said, it's crazy that you're only 25 and you have like such this good worldly vibe about you, like so much different things. I'm going to attribute it to that. the uh, psychedelic experiences. I got to get on that stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> just just drop a couple times of acid. You'll be you'll be. Maybe, man. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know whatever it is, but I keep hearing good things about yeah. it. Or like the thing now, the trend, I guess, is a lot of people like microdose and stuff too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never tried any of this stuff. Like I said, I'm too worried about it. But this is the one thing if there was like a lane that I would want to go into with psychedelics. But mm. microdosing, I heard, is like even more so, like you barely notice any effect, but it's a positive one mm. overall. Yeah, yeah, like, so I think, like anything, you know, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, for me, honestly, meditation has been the most effective You thing. still do that to this day, meditation? Um, So like recently, just being back for Christmas and stuff, I, I've been kind of off the ball. Of but course. For the most part, I've been meditating about every day for like the last... I would say like four or five years. How long do you meditate for? Uh, usually it's like 15 minutes at least to like an hour-ish. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. But but I would say you don't have to do that. Like I think everybody has their thing. A- mm-hmm. And like everybody has every way that everybody does everything. So I'm, I'm talking about like their lifestyle, how they eat, like how, you know, like they meditate. You know, some people might yo-yo. Some people might go skateboarding to meditate, you know. Um you know, obviously you can obviously like learn different things that work for you. Um, but, uh, what was I going with that? (laughs) Um, I think that, you know, for example, with microdosing, I think it can be really effective for some Mm, people to kind of get tapped into stuff. And I think 
my experience with uh, psychedelics especially has actually been more to ex- like to really tap into like your emotions. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I think a lot of us. Uh, so, 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 what I'll say about with psychedelics, with either microdosing or even macrodosing, is um, you know, with certain drugs, I think you can really like use them to avoid what you're going through. So, like even mm. with tobacco or with alcohol, alcohol, yeah. right? You're kind of feeling shitty, or like even cocaine or meth or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, so then you kind of take these things to suppress that feeling and just feel good. Mm. But but my experience at least, you know, you know, I, I don't I don't, you know, claim to have insane experience with psychedelics, mm-hmm. but my experience with psychedelics as well as meditation is that they really almost intensify those feelings so you can't avoid them. Oh, uh, I see. So so you really have to work through and instead of avoiding those things that are really important like hey, <clears throat> you know, maybe it's like Hey, you haven't called your mom in ten years. Like, maybe you should go do that. Yeah. And like, that's causing unfulfillment. You 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 go through a psychedelic experience, and instead of being like cocaine, where you'll just forget about your problems, right. you'll be like, it'll be like, you need to do this. Like, uh, yo, listen to me right now. Like, or or it'll like put you into this insane state of fear, and somehow that'll help you to process those. You know, all those emotions, not just fear, but... And then like, act on it, hopefully, when you come out of your trip, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and it always works different. Like, sometimes, uh, you know, it'll just be a purely blissful experience. Mm-hmm. Same thing for meditation, you know? Um, and they all, they're all, like, helpful for different reasons. Um, but I'd say for, for psychedelics, um, you know, I've experienced some psychedelics, and I wouldn't say that it's necessarily for everybody. Yeah. But, I, I want to you know, make sure that's known as well. We're not promoting anything to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not experts. <laughs> we're not freaking doctors or anything. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not personal a things. Yeah, personal experiences, right? <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I think you know, for some people, they can help, and you know, so. Yeah, that sounds interesting, yeah. man. Uh, the closest thing that I've done because meditation for me to just sit is really, really hard. I, for mm. whatever reason, my mind's always going, you know. So I tried to force myself, and the closest thing that I tried to do was um, those sensory deprivation tanks. Have you ever tried yeah. any of those? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had uh, – there was actually one over here, like, kind of by Kahala, um, and it's the one where, you, you know, you lay down in this big tank, it's filled with, like, Epsom salts or whatever, and you just sit in there for, like – or lay in there floating for, like, an hour, hour and a half. Um, first time, it, it took me, like, 40 or 50 minutes to get comfortable or something like that, and then it was, like, a – I guess a calmness, but it wasn't like I had like any like enlightening experiences. So I, I don't know if I just need to keep trying at it. I only did it like four or five times, but meditating every day for four to five years, I could see why, you know, <laughs> it gets easier and easier as you do it, where you can put yourself into that state probably faster, mm. you know, whereas at the beginning it was like, you're sitting there and you're like, mind just r- racing and like wandering. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's what it is. And you know, what's weird is like, I think at first, you do it and you're kind of like you're learning to experience peace and like mental calmness mm-hmm. uh but after a while i think well at least for my journey it was more being at peace with the the craziness mm. so like instead of instead of trying to be peaceful in the mind it's like it's more about becoming accepting of the mind how it is mm-hmm. so that's how it kind of uh you know, came to be, and, and and the word I like to use, and I think this is kind of like going to be the theme of the podcast, is like wabi sabi. Have you heard that word? Yeah, but I can't remember what it is. So wabi sabi means it's a Japanese word for the perfection in the imperfection. 
Yes. Okay. That's what I. Okay. Right. So I think, I think that's the whole thing that we're talking about, and and how I said nobody's perfect, right? There's also the flip side that's like everybody's perfect,、mm. which is weird.、Mm-hmm. It's like such a weird thing、mm-hmm. because then it's like, wait, I'm perfect? No, no, no I'm not perfect. But、mm-hmm. but when you really start to get deep into almost like spiritual ideas and stuff, and just like you start to get wise about life. You realize that like everything that is happening in your life, like it's all perfect for you. Yes, for you exactly.、Right? That's and, the main yeah, thing. Yeah, so I think I think like there's too much. Like I I can't I don't claim to know all of it, and I think that to try to like feel like I do know all of it is like totally like it's very arrogant. Right. But I think that there's something important to remembering wabi sabi, like the perfection and the imperfection. I agree. Because yeah, no, I think I think when you can remember that, then it makes the suffering a little bit more, like not even less bad, but it makes it a little more understandable. I yeah, guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, that makes a lot of sense, man. And、uh, dude, I, I always like to like keep these little quotes close by hand because it, it helps me like stay grounded too. But it's、uh, mm. the other one is、uh, comparison is a thief of joy. Mm. Right, so if you're always going to compare yourself to somebody else, you're never going to find happiness because there's always going to be somebody that's quote unquote better than you, more athletic, more handsome, more rich, whatever it more be may be.、Um, so you can never really find joy because you're constantly comparing. So if you stop doing that and don't compare yourself to everybody else's journey, that's where you can find like what you were saying, like your happiness. You know, like you are perfect, like we were saying. You know, it's just you have to understand that, and you'll never understand that if you keep comparing yourself to somebody else. Yeah,、right? and, and you have to understand that you're imperfect. <laughs> yeah, that's also the both things, dude. It's so yeah. Everybody's like, dude, these guys are crazy right now. <laughs> are they tripping right now? <laughs> But it, it's it's all thought experiences, right? Like it's really hard to understand because these are like really profound things. But if you really like try to break it down step by step and just kind of like sit, you'll understand. You know what I mean? Like rewind this, rewind this. Whoever's watching this, and you'll kind of get it better <laughs> as it goes. Okay, let's let's kind of narrow back in then about okay, the, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. you know these abstract、yeah. concepts are like getting kind of out of hand.、Uh, let's go back to.、Uh, 2018, right? Okay. You you train five hours a day,、mm. and how does this like uh the competition go for yo-yos? You start off at like a local circuit, and then you have to win local to go to nationals, and then go to worlds, or what is the process in 2018 when you went on this journey? Yeah. Um. So, so like okay, back in 2014, um, I tried to win the national yo-yo contest, and so you're supposed to qualify for that, but somehow I got. Like I just had a connection, okay, and so I just got in somehow, and then, um, so I kept trying to win that, and I I, I couldn't win any of those major competitions. But finally, in 2017, I won the national yoga contest, and that seeded me into the world yoga contest the next year. Oh, the next year? Oh, actually, oh. no, no, I'm lying. Okay, it was kind of confusing that year because some like a schedule change happened. So. Okay. So in 2017, the national yoga contest happened after the world yoga contest that year. Okay. So usually that would that would seed you into the 2018 world yoga contest.、Mm-hmm. But what happened that year is for some reason they switched, so the national yoga contest came before the world yoga contest. Okay. Okay. And so I ended up having to win the 2018 national yoga contest too to seed myself into the 2018. Oh wow! World so it was、contest. even a harder route then. It was harder, but in some ways it was easier because I got to like practice. Like I, I really practiced for the national contest as well as the worlds. It was like rehearsal.、Um, so yeah, that's that's how I ended up getting seeded into worlds. And then at worlds, like like I said, I practiced five hours a day. I really did the discipline and and ended up、uh, winning worlds. 
How do these competitions go, Evan? Is it like you just practice one routine and you use that same routine for every stage of the competition? Or is it like they ask you to do certain tricks? Or like how, do, how does this typical thing go? Because I'm sure a lot of people don't know what a yo-yo contest looks like, right? Mm, yeah, so um, basically what they do is, so like at a major competition, there's yeah. three rounds. There's prelims, semis, and then finals. Okay. So like prelims is only a minute, semis is a minute and a half, and then finals is three minutes. Whoa. So you have like usually three different routines. Sometimes people just do like the first minute of their finals, but like a lot of people like to keep it fresh, you know? Mm. So instead of doing the first minute of their final, because they'll have a really cool finals routine ready. So they'll just do like some like compulsory tricks that are, they'll score them pretty high, like Mm -hmm. enough to get them through. Um, So that's what I did. Mm. Um, Yeah. So the format's pretty interesting. I don't know, like, yeah, honestly, yo-yo isn't as interesting for me anymore. Like, it's weird. It's- no, no, I, yeah, I understand <laughs> where you're coming from, and that's why I, I just really, like, I think people want to hear it just to hear it, you know, yeah, and have it, like, documented. it is documented. interesting. It is right. interesting. But I can understand why, you know, you're burnt out of it. But for me, I just don't understand it at all, so that's why it's cool to see. Okay, so there's mm-hmm. a routine, three minutes. Um, is it, like... Is it judge based off of like flow? I'm guessing it's kind of likened it to like gymnastics routines, right? Where it's like there mm-hmm. you get points for flow, uh, uh, moving the moves into each other like seamlessly. Uh, obviously, you want to try to do it as crisp, crisply as possible. Is that how it kind of goes? Yeah, essentially that's it. So uh, the majority of the scoring is based on a clicker. So like judges will click each trick that you do. Like, oh. say you do rock the baby, like, that's one click, and then you do walk the dog, that's one click, like, to keep it simple. Um, but then, like, harder tricks will get two clicks, and oh. then, like, really hard tricks will get, like, three or four clicks. Oh, wow. Right, so that's, like, the majority of, like, the technical side, and then there's all the evaluations, which is a lot like, you know, ice skating or whatever. Subjective at that yeah, point, subjective. right? subjective. It's, it's, like, based on choreography, music use, uh, like technicality, like all these different... Which is why you ask each judge, like, what are they looking for? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Exactly. I see. Okay. And then my last question about this, because, yeah, we can move away from the yo-yo stuff. I I I don't mind talking about it. It's all good. Um, How is the competition for the world side? Is it like U.S. produces a lot of, uh, like, Mm -hmm. you know, exceptional yo-yo people? Is it like Japan producing or who... I guess who's the best country in terms of like this or takes it the most serious? Like, you know, that produces the most, like, winners... I would say Japan. Okay. And I think the reason for that is because because my dad went to Japan back <laughs> and, and marketed there. Like, you know, uh, in 1997, I believe, there was like 300,000 people at this yo-yo event. 300,000 competitors. And uh, it wasn't competitors. Okay. There, you know, there was a lot of spectators. Oh, okay, okay. So That's you, insane you though can, for yo-yo. Yeah, you can imagine it's kind of like a EDC type of thing, but, but like for yo-yo, for yo-yo right? <sighs> so, so... um. So, I mean, obviously, it died down like crazy. It was like a fad. It's like fidget spinners okay. or whatever. Kendama, you I know? would not go to an EDC of people with fidget spinners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah. So, it died down a lot since then. But even since then, because it was such a big thing in Japan, um, they still have like a majority of the yoyos. Okay. So, now I'd say like pretty much all the goats of yoyo all come out of Japan. Okay. Okay. And then there's a few like... Goats like out of the U.S. as well. Okay, okay, but um, those are the main two places, though. Yeah, U.S. Okay. and Japan, and you know, there's some China now because China just has a really big population as well. So, so you're obviously gonna have pool. some guys that are really good at it, right? Just mm-hmm. sheer numbers. Okay, that's cool to hear. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool because I guess so. At 2018, you win the worlds, right? Which is 
obviously for whatever sport or whatever it may be, winning the world is like showing that you're the best in the world at that time. You know, you're number one. Literally, I think right after you did that, you decided you want out, like you wanted to retire, right? Which is strange because for most people, why would you retire at the peak? You know, it's like, okay, now I got to go and defend my championship. I'm the best. Nobody's going to touch me. You're just like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, bye. <laughs> what, mm-hmm. what was that like? And what was that experience like? What changed that? Yeah, so this actually ties back to this, the first story that I, I didn't, uh, <laughs> I got off topic. Oh, dude, I love it. This is how I am, too. I'm always, like, on different tangents. Don't <laughs> worry, let's get it. I'm the same way. So basically, uh, the first meditation thing that I did, um, I started writing down, like, my vision for my life. Yeah. And it had a lot of stuff. Like, it had, you know, winning the World Yo-Yo Contest and all this stuff. And But one of the things that I wrote down was, like, and you write it like in in yearly increments, right? So I, I don't remember if it was like I think it was like five years from now, like I'm a musical genius, like doing Whoa. music stuff. And it was weird because like it was like like I said, it was almost like spiritual because I because I guess I was so out of it that it wasn't like consciously writing anything. Oh, you're just, it was just mm. like something was writing and like like I guess my subconscious was writing something, and I didn't understand it. Um. And up to that point, I had not really been into music. Like, I had played a little guitar when I was younger, mm-hmm. a little bit of piano, um, but just, like, one or two songs, you know? <clears throat> and then, like, as I started going into, like, being the World Yo-Yo Champion and stuff, like, the call towards music got really strong. Interesting. Like, oddly, like, it wasn't yeah. even, like, I wasn't even really, like, trying to do what the paper said necessarily, like, pursue this thing. It just felt like... Like something like just like you know how I have a passion for yo-yo. Like you just kind of pick it up out of nowhere and then you start doing it. Or like how Jason has a passion for skate skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Like that thing started to pull me into music. So I started oh, like, wow. man, I love guitar. I don't know what it is about it, but when I just like play this blues scale or whatever, it just felt so good. I got that feeling, the same feeling that I got when I got that yo-yo the first time. Wow, that's you know? awesome. Yeah, and so and so actually. Even before I won the World Yo-Yo Contest in 2018, I told myself that I was going to use, I was going to win and then use the, all the money that I got from, you know, sponsorships and, and all that from the World Yo-Yo Contest to uh, kind of like pursue music. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So I was kind of ahead of things. And, you know, obviously uh, right now where I'm at, it's still a lot of uncertainty because like, I'm just going to be honest, like I'm not that great. Like I'm not, I'm good at music, but I'm not at the place where I think I see myself being, but, um, to me, there's a lot of fun in that. I think that's for me, like, it's weird, but I, I think just if you're a hundred percent certain of what you're going to do all the time and you always do it and like you, you can accomplish all the goals, then it's like, what's the point of even having them? Because Mm. it's like, it's, it's like uh, it's like determinism, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know exactly what your life you want it to look like, and then you go do that. It's like, then it's like, what's the fun in that? You exactly. Know? It's a like fatalistic approach, right? You just like it's it's kind of depressing when you think of it like that. Yeah, yeah. Because nothing that you do matters per se, right? It's it's gonna happen no matter what. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting about that man is like you pursued something that is very hard in a very competitive field, right? Like we had this guy, uh, Eden Kai, come onto the podcast. And I don't know if you know who he is. Mm-mm. He used to be on like a reality show, uh, Terrace House. But mm-hmm. um, he, he made that switch from like that Terrace House person into an ukulele player slash musician. So now he, he's doing music and stuff in locally here too. 
I gotta actually link you guys up because he lives like right down the street from you, like in that area where you are. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's a musician too, and he's going through the same thing, like figuring out like, okay, how do I get more attention on my music, and how do I like break away from like you know that reality person, and I want to be a musician, you know. But mm-hmm. it's always gonna be a part of you, and I think that's the same thing with the yo-yo, right? It's like mm-hmm. it's hard to leave completely because that's just how you built yourself up, but. At the same time, you want to be known for your music, you know, and I, I think that's where the struggle is and where the uncertainty and stuff is. Um, mm. But it is beautiful, you know, like you're doing something that's a very hard pursuit. Most people, like if they want to be a musician, they start off when they're a kid practicing, training every day. You pick up guitar, which is not an easy instrument to learn. And you're like, OK, let's do this. And then you do vocals and stuff as well, which is even harder. <laughs> In mm. my opinion, I can't sing for shiz. So <laughs> I'm like, this guy's really doing it. And you're also producing your own music videos. You're doing everything. You, I think I just saw on like your Instagram you were in California and you have a band now or something too. Mm-hmm. OK, yep. is that yep. recent? Because it looked like before on your YouTube you're solo, but I, yeah. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, like, so I think this is part of just who I am, like how, how I do things. Like one day I was just like, man, I feel really unfulfilled. Like I got to go do something. So like I just booked a flight to LA. I found an apartment. <laughs> like just like within, I swear, like a week or so. And then um, and then I just, so what I did, I was out in LA. This is like a few months ago. I started to perform like open mics there. Okay. Just because like I didn't know anybody there. Yeah. <laughs> and then so I started to get to know some people somehow through like mutual connections I found uh, a bassist and a drummer, and then and then I, we kind of like upgraded my drummer because my drummer at the time was like this older guy. He's like in his sixties yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. So we we found this younger guy, and like we just went from there. So you know, just following, like just going down. Do you have a band name now, or what is what what? Um, we're trying to figure it out. We okay. have to figure it so out. So this is really recent, then this band. Very thing. recent, very okay. very recent. Um, so we're gonna be performing. Uh. You know, I think one of the things we're going to be doing, hopefully, I'm not 100% sure if this is going to go through, but um, we're going to be going on America's Got Talent. Oh, there you go. Nice. Yeah. So that should be fun. And uh, also, I have a few gigs. Uh, I have one out in Utah. That's pretty cool. That's so, awesome, man. Look at you. You're doing it. I'm doing it, man. That's I'm freaking doing it. sick. It's, it's, it's exciting. I'm that excited. Is. But you know what's even cooler is like, I think what it is, what I realized later is like, even when I tried to win Worlds, like... Yo-yoing was never about that for me, mm. which is weird. Like the like when I when I look back to what was it about yo-yo that was great, it's just like I just had so much fun mm. and I felt so free mm. because it's like the one time that what I'm doing it has n- there's no expectation about it. Right. You know, it's like I'm just having fun, and I think that like. M- Although I, I'm excited about the career stuff and I'm excited about these gigs and stuff and like to really like pursue it. Also, like part of the beauty is just like enjoying the process and like and feeling that feeling again that I felt with Yo-Yo where it's just like I'm free to like be myself. Which really shines. Like I said in the music videos and stuff, I'm like, this is really creative stuff, dude. I was like... You could have went with an easier route, you know, just quick cuts or whatever, video stuff. But you're like, nah, I'm going to do stop motion. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's crazy. I go to the next video. Nah, I'm going to sing the song in Spanish. I'm like, what the hell is going on? You know? I was like, this is sick. But it really gave me like, if I had to compare it, because I don't want to compare it, but 
I was trying to figure out like what sound I'm listening to, right? Because would you classify yourself as like indie? I guess. Yeah, indie for sure. Because it, it kind of gave me like an AJ uh, Raphael kind of vibe, you know, his mm. old school stuff, like mm. a solo, you know, kind of like ha- it feels happy music is what I want to say, mm. you know, and that's the kind of vibe I get from you as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know. I think that I I like that because I think a lot of music nowadays is really sad. It is, which is not honestly, it's not terrible. It's not a terrible thing. Like, I think there's a place for sad music, yeah. but I think, but I think that you know, right now people are looking for more happy music. Oh, COVID time, yes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yes, send all the happy music. I listened to Waves yeah. like a couple times because like this is good. I'm gonna just happy go lucky. I like this. <laughs> I was kind of bummed out that you don't have a uh, like actual music video for uh, the Last Stand though. Mm. You have like a lyric video, I think, but mm. you didn't have a music. And I was like, this song is really good. I wish I had a music video. Mm, y- yeah, you know, you know, I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, so like the reason why I came up with this song, I was watching like the the NBA Finals back in 2016, I think, or was that 2017. Cavs and Warriors. Yeah, Cavs okay. and Warriors. It was like the year that KD got an Achilles injury. Oh, right, and, right. And um, Clay Thompson got an ACL injury. But it was like this weird um, experience of because I remember like KD shouldn't have been playing or something. No. <laughs> and he decided like he was just going to go play. And I respected that so much because he like he really sacrificed himself. Um, for the Warriors, and and honestly, up until that point, I was kind of like, ah, screw KD. Yeah, like kind of. <laughs> I think a lot even, of people even did. Now I'm kinda, still kind of like that, but at that time, it was like, damn, he like, this is like, he actually is sacrificing his his health and longevity to do this, and it was like, okay, so I guess that's like what he's actually made of at that point. And then he got the Achilles injury, and it was like, he really did it. Yeah, like he really did it. And then and then I watched uh, Avengers Endgame. And it was like a very similar feeling. I can't, I can't, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't watched it. I yeah, mean, if you haven't watched it, you're no, kind of I haven't watched it, but anybody else watching, yeah. Okay, okay, so um, the ending. I know what scene, I know what scene, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And it was the same feeling, and it was okay. like the last stand, you know, like, right. and so. This is everything, you have to, yeah, it's, it's all or nothing kind of vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. And that, that was the feeling that I kind of put into my last routine, because it felt similar in that, in that way. That I was just gonna put everything that I could into it, and maybe wow. like I'll win, maybe I don't, and I ended up not winning. Um, but it, that was besides the point. So I think that's why the emotions of that song are pretty like cool, dude. I love it. That's why I was like, damn, I wish there was a music video for this. Because I was like, <laughs> with your creative creativity, I was like, this could be a really cool music video. Mm. Yeah, and that's like I think one of your more popular songs and stuff too. Mm. If if anybody's okay. Well, also, I want to say. I was very confused on this, Evan. Mm. There was two different Spotify's for you. I saw like Evan Nagao, and then I also saw Evan from Heaven, and I was like, "Which one do I listen to here? Is this the same guy, or what is what's going on here? What is that?" Yeah, so it's the same guy. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm both me. Um, but so, I you know, I like to go by my traditional name for a lot of like my fans, like Evan Nagao. Right, right, right. Like a lot of my Yo-Yo fans just know me as Evan Nagao. Okay. A lot of people, you know, like that just know me, know me as Evan Nagao. So I wanted to allow people to be funneled into that. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, but then also, like, I'll go to perform a concert or something. Like, I'll be performing out or even just busking. I'll be like, yo, thanks for listening, guys. I'm Evan Nagao. And they'll be like, and then, like, later they'll be like, oh, yeah, what, like, what's your Spotify again? I can't remember. Uh, and so that's when I'm like, hey, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, Evan from heaven. Okay. And they'll be like, oh, that's cool. I like the, like, rhyming, the, like, memory fake thing. And yeah, then yeah, that's yeah, how yeah, they'll... Yeah find me you know so uh, i think that was kind of the intention with that okay okay i see that. that's why that makes a lot of sense because i i 
do think that the uh, Evan for Heaven one is the one that I want to go to because what's nice for me is I only know you like from where you are in life now. I don't know you as the yo-yo guy from before, which I think is what you're kind of moving towards, right? You want to be known for the music stuff. Mm. So it, when I like see Evan from Heaven, I'm like, okay, this is what I want to know this guy as, not as like the yo-yo guy. That's something that he did. You know, he has all of these laurels and he's accomplished in that field, but that's not who he wants to be now, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the same thing when like, you know, like I, I think when people like, politically correct world and stuff it's like dead naming and stuff it's like no you're trying to leave things in the past it's like yeah this is where you want to be now which i think is really awesome same mm. thing with eden like i dude you guys have such a same vibe i really gotta really? right after this man i'm gonna call him up and we'll see if we can set something up because he's like the same exact person as you like trying to like break free from like previous conceptions about himself putting everything into music not even caring about like numbers or whatever it is he just wants to do the music and he's freaking talented like at uh ukulele he's like a wizard but he's also like a vocalist and a guitarist as well mm. and produces everything himself which i think you do too right for your music mm-hmm, and dude mm-hmm. it's hard and you're all self-taught right it's like dang <laughs> okay i'm getting the jump on this late i gotta figure out how to like record this produce it put it in the highest quality now i need to learn how to film this music video like you know edit it all of this stuff it's a lot of other things other than just music which is what a lot of people don't understand mm. yeah and i think that's also another thing is like even though I'm not like necessarily studying, like I'm still studying. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think, but you know, everybody is gonna find their own path to that, like what they need to study and stuff. Um, but that's interesting. I, I think it's you know what I find interesting is how our names are kind of similar, Eden and Evan. That's true, dude, <laughs> bro. You guys are gonna, dude, I'm telling you, this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be fun because he's a really good dude. He's from uh, Japan, so he has like a good world experience too. I feel like people that travel, like get out of the country, which mm. you've done a lot of, right, for the yo-yo stuff, um, it really gives you a different perspective and like uh, just adds to your life, I feel like, where you can Max. kind of like, yes, yes, so much so. Um, so if anybody, it, it's hard because it's expensive, obviously, to do, but it really does, mm. like, just open so many, like, things in your mind where you're, like, you see thing one way on TV or whatever, you watch this show, but when you're actually there, seeing, like, the vibe and the energy that people have in that city, the culture that's there, you know, the history that's there and stuff, it really, like, just alters things in your mind, and I think for creativity purposes, it helps so much, because one thing that Eden does that's cool, and what you did, too, which is similar, mm. is uh, Eden does songs in ja- uh, Japanese and also in English. So he does mm. a you know mix mixed thing, um, and sometimes he does it both in the same song. Like he'll go to the chorus in Japanese, but the everything else will be like the verses will be in English. So mm. he mixes both. Uh, same thing what you did, where I think even in the song you said you don't really speak Spanish, but you wanted to do the song in Spanish, which was insane. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> Who does this? But it sounded yeah. good, and music transcends like you know just uh, language. I feel like yeah. For sure. Because I got that vibe from the... Sorry, what's the name of the song? I can't... Man Tiendes. Yes. Which means... So, Man Tiendes just means, do you understand me? Mm. So, so like, actually, uh, just talking about that song real quick, it's it's actually kind of funny because the the whole, like, idea of the song is, like, there's this girl that I met, and this is actually kind of a true story. Oh, cool. So, like, there's this girl that I met in uh, down in Chile, um, and she was just so awesome and beautiful and wonderful and stuff. And like, but I couldn't talk to her. <laughs> oh, like literally you could not talk to her. I literally couldn't talk to her. <laughs> so like I did my best. I was like, hola, como esta? <laughs> and then like, <laughs> I was like, that was the best I could do. And we somehow kind of communicated oh. like through the, like just somehow, but it ended up like inspiring me to learn Spanish. Wow. And so that was kind of what the song is about. It's like, it's like, um, 
why can't I be with you? Is it because I don't speak Spanish? Mm-hmm. Well, then I want to learn, so come and teach me. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of like what the song is about. <laughs> that's awesome though, because uh, yeah, again, it's like it, it's just something that I wouldn't expect from you for music, you know. And that's not an mm. easy pursuit to do, you know. It's like it's already hard enough when you're starting off in music and like you know at a later age, um, and doing it in English, your native tongue. Then it's another thing to say, okay, I'm gonna do music. Let's let's try to mix it up and do this in Spanish, which I'm not super good at. I was like, what the heck? This is very impressive, man. And Thank that was you. one of your early songs too, right? Yeah, it, it was probably my third or second or third song. Yeah. And you guys, you have a full album now, I think, right? It's called Love or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And one album and a bunch of EPs, I think. Yeah, one album and then a couple of singles. Singles, right? Um, but yeah, we'll we'll be coming out with a couple more soon. Okay. As well, so. But <laughs> this is where it gets confusing, though, Evan, because it's like you're going to have Evan the Gal, uh, Evan from Heaven on Spotify, and then now when you have the new band name, you're going to have another name I for know, it. I know, I know, dude. I don't know what we'll do. Maybe we'll just name the band Heaven or something, <laughs> then it'll make sense. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It, it's kind of cool, though. So you have, do you like, uh, you're living in California now, mm. right? And it, that's like where you're planning your roots and stuff, and you're planning to like, do your music there. Mm. How's the scene or like how long have you lived in uh, LA for, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, so I've just been there for like five months now. Oh, this is super recent too then. Super recent, yeah. And as growing up as a Hawaii kid, you know, living here your whole life and stuff, even though you have been traveled and you've seen a lot of different things, it must be a completely different experience to be by yourself over there pursuing something that's so new to you, right? Mm. Scary. I'm, I'm assuming you wake up every day like, damn, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I, it's... It's definitely uncertain, I think would be the word that I'd use. Um, and also, I don't know, like, I'm trying to, like, learn how to vibe with LA because it's, it's very different, man. Very. It's very, very, um, and I hate to, like, bash all the LA people, you know. I know there's a lot of good people out there, but there's a lot of, like, superficiality and, like, so what? I, what the, the words that I would use is, like, look good, feel bad. You know, so there's a lot of a lot of people who they you know they they're really all about like their social media yeah. and like showing off and stuff. But right. like at the end of the day, a lot of them are like kind of depressed and stuff. Right. Um, Look but, good, feel bad. I like that. Yeah, but but I think that there's a lot of good ones too. And, of course. And it's like the music capital of the world. So it is. the the networking ability is is really insane. Um. Actually, I wanted to talk about this today. I, yeah, please. <laughs> uh, this is like totally random. Totally, uh, it's related, but um, I was just driving on the freeway today, and this person like didn't let me cut in because yeah. I was like I had my blinker on for a while, and I and I just felt like kind of sad. <laughs> but you know what? It was weird. I realized like in LA, like that's totally just everybody's like that. So you don't feel sad at all. You just get used to it. That's true. <laughs> like everybody cuts you off in LA. Yeah. So it's just like you're just like okay, well, like yeah, cool. Like I'm just gonna do it too, and like and it's just normal. But I think the thing that I I felt like is that in Hawaii it's so uncommon. Yeah. That when it does happen, it's like yo, that sucks. Yeah. Um, but I think what it is is like part of the message is like really like not taking for granted how awesome our culture is so important man and i i think it's it's important to bring that into music and stuff too you know like uh, just the uniqueness of it because i i i have a couple friends that live in la and i i know for like even youtube like people always say dude if you want to actually take care of this and like make it to the next level you got to be in la or be in new york you know like the capitals and stuff and i was always like 
I don't want to do that. You know, it, it has that weird vibe about it. And the word that I would use for LA is opportunistic. A mm-hmm. lot of the people there are opportunistic where, you know, they're just trying to like, and again, I have a lot of friends in LA, like I said, content creators, not speaking to them, but overall the vibe is that people are looking for opportunities. So if yeah. they see you as like a, a way they can further their own career, they'll, they'll be your friend until they can't until you're not anything exactly. anymore yeah, yeah yeah which is kind of sad because that's not how it, it is, is sad. In a way. yeah it is sad. It, you know in some ways like there's good qualities to that i think like there's good qualities it's very, it's very there's very a hustler mentality okay so so like people work really hard so so i just want to say this just so that it's not like only bashing la yeah, yeah. right like i think my experience is like when i get there i feel like ready to f- Rock and roll, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's exactly what you're saying. Like, Hawaii is a lot more like you go to somebody's house and you bring goodies, and you know, it's it's very like Family. it's not about like, hey, what are you, what are we gonna do to like further our lives or stuff? It's like, how can we connect and just like love each other? It's it, it's a lot of like a. Uh, Instead of like in the LA or, you know, just the mainland mentality, it's like, what can you do for me? And then the Hawaii is, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and that's, it's so important. But um, I, I do understand with the hustler aspect, right? But still, you can hustle and work hard at your craft, like, right? Like learn your music, learn how to edit better, learn how to film better or whatever. And that's something you can do on your own. But I feel like when you put other people involved, that's when it gets like, are you hustling? Or are you just being like, you know, douche at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're like trying to step and use other people. That's where I'm like, draw the line. Because you can hustle without having like, you know, abusing and using other people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's facts. two different ways of that. Because I'm sure you're not doing that with your music. You're like, you're just going to do your own thing, right? Mm-hmm. And you're not like, oh, this guy's like pretty big. I'm going to go try to get him onto a video or whatever. That'll make me blow up. And then that's it, you know? Yeah, man. And it's scary because like, I feel like when I spend too much time in LA, I I start to get those, like, I start to kind of take on that, like, oh. vibe. And it's like, ugh, that's yeah. when I feel the grossest, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So part of it is, like, learning. Like uh, That's why I think meditation is really important for me because it's, like, staying really centered. Yes. And, and honestly, kind of, like, taking the Hawaii vibe with me. Please do, yeah. You know? <laughs> they, bro, they need that over there, man. You know, you know what I do? Yeah. Every time, every time uh, somebody lets me in in L.A., like on the road, I'll just shaka. I'll do it extra too. I'll like shaka for like you know ten seconds. Like let them know. Like you did good, buddy. Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> it's good, and they probably don't know what that is. They're probably like, okay, this guy's a jerk. He's throwing some gang signs <laughs> or something. <laughs> Hopefully they know. But that's great, yeah. man. I, I really love hearing you know people that um because my wish is that everybody that has talent stays in hawaii obviously but Mm -hmm. i understand you know the need to grow and you know to plant roots somewhere else me and my friend were just talking about this planting roots where it we always have roots here in hawaii but it's nice to plant hawaii roots somewhere else yeah because that that's the only way we can like kind of like spread that aloha other places Mm -hmm. you know because if we just everybody stays here and plants here we already have a lot of aloha here you know hawaii's never going to change you know the vibe is always going to be the same vibe over here but if you don't bring those to other places and also put those Hawaii mentalities into like that culture that you're surrounding yourself with, it's hard for it to grow, you know? So you got to plant your roots somewhere and you got to also like give it time to like grow too, where mm-hmm. if you're going to just say, okay, California, I'm going to give it a year. And then if it doesn't work out, I'm going to move to New York. You know, it, it's hard because it's mm-hmm. like, you didn't give yourself, did you give yourself enough time to actually grow? Did you get those roots sunken into that ground to actually thrive, you know, mm-hmm. and go through a full season of life there. Right. Mm-hmm. Where if you don't, 
actually go through it and you like say, okay, this is the X amount of time that I'm going to give. You never know if you're going to make it. And you know, this is what we're kind of talking about before. Got to mm. give it time. Cause it might seem like, okay, nothing's really happening here, but there are things happening. You know, you're creating connections. You're like, get familiar, familiarizing yourself better. And that's all going to be things that play into the next thing. Mm. And I think even like when you're saying like opportunities, like America's got talent, they film in California, right? Yeah. In LA. Yeah. So everything happens in LA, man. Right. Like right. it's, it's so it's, this is the other good thing. Every single person that I meet, or like maybe I'll say fifty percent, is like, "Yo, I'm I'm a music video producer. I'm a like musician. I'm you know a audio engineer. Like I do what like like all these things." So it's like the the networking capability in LA is very very amazing. So, um, but so anyways, like w- what you're saying with that, man, I really appreciate because like. I feel like in a lot of ways, like it's something really important for me to hear. Mm. And so like, like you're being like, like my mentor for the day. This is where the counseling thing might, you know, hey, come maybe in that's handy. awesome. That's good news for me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's like, cause you know, I, I feel like that. I feel, um, you know, uncertain and stuff and like, Oh, maybe I'll come back to Hawaii if it doesn't work out. But I think what you're saying is really important that, you know, I'm going out there for a reason and yeah. it's to commit to being out there. That's what it is. You know, yeah. and so, yeah, that's that's really helpful, man. I love it. No, and, I, I, you know, that's that's beautiful that I, I like to see that people that just take risks, you know, like that's it's you could have played it safe, you know, did music at home and continued to make music videos and stuff over here. But the growth, it, it, it'd be harder, you know, and I see that with Eden and people like, you know, the music people here where there's not a lot of opportunity to collab, you mm-hmm. know, to try to like figure out, okay, how do I get better at this craft? You know, um, it's pretty stagnant, which is unfortunate, but that's just the way it goes. If everybody gravitates to LA, that's where the best of the best are going to be, you know, and that's where you want to surround yourself. Same thing with the yo-yo thing. If you were surrounded by nobody that had the same skills as you, you wouldn't get better. You just say like, okay, I'm good. So you stay complacent, stay in the same spot. Um, and you're never going to like succeed to the next level but putting yourself like at a risky situation la it's expensive to live there you know mm-hmm. you got to like make it quickly hopefully and start making money bringing all of that stuff um getting your name out there um it gets scary but it's cool to see that you actually made that jump because i i try to put myself in that situation and i'm like i don't know if i'd be able to do that mm. like i don't have that like <sighs> fearlessness or whatever it be for you where you're like screw it, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this, you know, like, I, I I try to see, like, for me, I always need, like, contingency plans or, like, backups or safeties, which well, can and, be good, and also you have a kid. Now, yeah, now, wife. for sure, yeah, now, right. but when we were, because we were thinking yeah. about it before we had the kid, you know, me mm-hmm. and my, before girlfriend we were dating, it's like, there's so many, like, better opportunities, for sneakers, right, that's what I do for YouTube, there's mm-hmm. so many sneaker stores in LA, there's so many things you could do, and there's a lot of content creators there. People move over there so that you can like do more content, film more vlogs, uh, meet up with other YouTubers that do the same craft, um, get onto their videos and all of this. And you can actually like take it to the next level because you do have a shelf life, I feel like, in YouTube. Like as a content creator, Mm. you're only relevant for so long. Mm. So if you don't push it as best you can in the early going, you're going to get stagnant, peak, and then eventually fall off. Mm -hmm. Um, So I could have did that, but I'm just like, I like Hawaii. I love Hawaii. You know, I I love the vibe here. I, I feel like I can get things done here and as long as you can stay motivated it's good but a part of me always wonders like what happens if I took that risk you know and you actually did it which is why I'm so Mm. like dude that's awesome because in my head I'm like I don't know if I'd be able to do that because I didn't (laughs) do it and sometimes I think and there is a little bit of regret there but Mm. I'm also happy with where I am now you know so it's that give and take like we talked about dude everything came full circle in this (laughs) yeah I love that I love when it all just connects yeah Yeah, wabi sabi man (laughs) 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is awesome, bro. <laughs> one last thing, dude. This might be one of the longest okay. podcasts, but one last thing because yeah, I, yeah. I keep, keep forgetting. <laughs> what are you into basketball? Because we before we came in, you said you're playing basketball, right? And that's how you hurt mm-hmm. your wrist, what yeah. you can see on the camera. Also, we were talking about the last stand. You were saying you're watching the NBA finals. So I'm thinking, like, okay, is there like a connection here where you have a passion for basketball as well? Yeah, man. Dude, I love basketball. Really? I love it. Yeah. I think well, I think what it is for me is like like you know you you try to work out and it's like you can go to the gym and stuff is like okay but like when you play basketball like you end up running like three miles and, and you don't even know it. you don't even yeah. know because you're just like dude i'm just having fun so i think that's what i like about oh, it more than okay. anything yeah but you watch it and stuff too watch it i, I follow it quite heavily man. really who's your team is it the Warriors? It's the Warriors, yeah. That's not. A, that's not. A, see, people are always like, "Ah, oh, that's a bandwagon thing." But I'm like, bro, Steph Curry is really like doing it. You know, like he's doing it for like undersized people, showing you can like change the game, like literally. And I think this year's team, because I was literally just having this conversation with my friend too, because I was mm. a big uh, JJ Redick fan, and so I would always oh, yeah. follow where he went because he's a respectable guy. He's a Christian. Uh, he has a good shot. He's a good role player. Doesn't like you know, try to make himself bigger into what he is. He did everything he needs to do. Good guy. Got a good pad podcast as well. Dude, now. Yeah, the, the old man in the three, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I love that. This guy knows. He actually does <laughs> listen to all of this. Dude, I love that Okay, shit. so okay. now that I know that you're a real fan mm. and it's not just a bandwagon person, what do you guys think of your team? Jordan Poole looks good, right? Mm-hmm. Wiseman's coming back soon. Clay Thompson, obviously a freaking game changer. You guys look good this year, man. Dude, I, and I, I, the Warriors are gonna win. <laughs> my friend, that's honest. what I think. And I, I see, I'm not a Warrior stand, you know, like I'm not trying mm. to bandwagon on it. But I was telling yeah. my friend because I have no team or affiliation right now. I look at them, I'm like, this is a solid team. But my friend gave a good point where he said, mm. look at the two championships that Steph Curry has. The first one against the Cavs. Uh, Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving were hurt. True. So, you know, they should win that, right? It's just LeBron versus them. The other one, they had Kevin Durant, who is arguably like one of the best players in the league, if not the best shooter of all time, Mm -hmm. you know? Also true. Yeah. So what are they without Kevin Durant and what are they with when they can play a full team, you know, like an actual like finals team? So Mm -hmm. I I understand both of those, but I'm just looking at them like longevity. They have a good mix of old and young. Jordan Poole's young, right? Wiseman, if he ends up doing well, he's young. Gary Payton second. He's looking pretty good as a role player, you know? All of these things. All of them. Man, dude, the the way um, Nemanja Bielitsa and Otto Porter Jr. space the floor. Oh, that, yeah. It's crazy. They both shoot like 40%, above 40%, which is huge. That's Steph Curry numbers. Yes, yes. So they're both like, they're they're two extra Clay Thompsons. And then you're going to have Clay Thompson. (laughs) It's going to be an entire like floor plus Draymond Green of like 40% shooters and facilitators. Um, what I'll, yeah, what I'll say is like I think that uh, like especially with the Warriors system, like what you said, the longevity is is there because like they're all about like developing players. Yes. And so like the the thing with like you look at like the Rockets and they lost James Harden, it's like they're they're like the worst team in the league now. They had nothing. Yeah, right? Christian Wood looks good, but it's just. You know, there has to be a, like a star eventually. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it's like they, they, they like base their whole system around James Harden, and some could argue that Golden State is like that too, basing it all around Steph Curry. But what I like is like as Steph Curry is kind of you know gonna start getting into his later years, all these younger players are starting to develop just like yep. he was in the beginning. So yep. I think like longevity wise, like they're really a big thing. Bet. That's a huge thing. People don't realize like Steph wasn't like as the Steph of now, you know, he was just a guy on the team. I think it was him and Monte Ellis at one point, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. they were like not a really good team. He was still the same person, but he wasn't as like prolific as he is now. It was a gradual like build up into who he is, confidence building, and then putting supporting pieces and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Even Clay and Draymond, same thing, you know. Dude, Clay is one of the most underappreciated guys. I feel Facts. like in the league, bro. He, best shooter, like best actually like shooting percentage and like trustworthy, like you can do it in the clutch. But his freaking defense, bro. Yeah, defensively, that guy was a monster. I hope he comes back the same because I didn't realize it's been almost two years or something. It's crazy. It makes me really sad. Yeah, right? and, and also like very excited for him too. Very excited. It's soon because it's like in a week. I yeah, think, he's coming back. back. He's coming back soon. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, so I'm happy to hear that, man. And I'm, it's cool to see where it's gonna go. Uh, I feel like I always tell people. Uh, sorry, I'm a sports nut too, so I love talking about this stuff. But mm. I always tell people this is like the most even I've ever seen the NBA league within our lifetime. Yeah. Where it feels like every team is not a bad team, where Facts. they have a chance. The Knicks look good. The Bulls look good. The Dude, Heat look I love good, the, the Bulls, Bucks. man. The Bulls are fun. The Bulls. They're fun, bro. They're so fun. <laughs> Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, Zach Levine. Levine. Dude, they're stacked. And DeRozan. Yeah, I know. Dude, it's, DeRozan's playing like out of his mind too right, right now. Right recently. Yeah. yeah, I don't understand. So they're, they're scary and they're set up for a while too. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, one sad one is the Lakers who are like, I don't even, bro, they're not they're not set up for a long time. You know, they Dude. bet everything on Westbrook and it's yeah, not working well, out. What are you doing? Like, why did you do that? Why did you pick a Westbrook? I don't, I don't know. know, man. It's He's a stat hungry machine and it's it's kind of sad. He's good. Yeah. Like, this is the thing too. It's always like we crank on players in the NBA because it's comparative, right? Like mm. compared to Steph Curry, Westbrook looks like a clown. But compared to us, that guy would freaking oh, yeah. shoot on us all day. You know? <laughs> like, so it's always like that guy's a trash can. It's like, oh, really, man? You want to play one on one? Like, so everything is like said with respect to an extent. But yeah, he's forty-four. Mil- I think he's the highest played player player on that team, more than LeBron. I think what? He's forty-four million There's is no what he's way. getting. Yeah, and LeBron's because he got his contract like later, so you know they keep upping like the max or whatever it could be. So I think he's at forty-four mil. Wow. LeBron's at forty-two. Yeah, which is insane. And then AD obviously is the next one. But th- yeah, they're they're screwed. They gave away Crusoe. And it's funny oh because God. when you look at their old Lakers team, mm. they were this close. We were talking here's a theme again. We were talking about it always looks darkest before the dawn. Bro, they had a stacked crew of guys that are balling. Julius Randle, you know, freaking won like six or like most improved or whatever last year. Mm. Looked crazy. They had him. Lonzo Ball. Freaking killing it right now with the Bulls. Looks really freaking Super good. Super high shooting percentage too. Yeah. Like 43 or 44. They like had all of, of these guys. And then and then Brandon Ingram is actually doing really good mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. They had all of these guys, young guys, just freaking wait or, or build around them. And they said, nah, well, let's get rid of them. <laughs> and now they're on the Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fun. Kicking their asses. And dude, yeah. It's, I'm really excited to see how the, the West shapes up this year. Uh, the Suns look good but if mm. but i think warriors have a 2-1 on them right now two mm-hmm. two games mm-hmm. of one right now yeah so it'll we'll be interesting to see how that plays out they're they're a good team too i think stacked they have like the veterans like chris paul but then they also have the youth like Aiton and uh booker so it'll be interesting to see where they go mm. i i really like their team too Me i think too. they're fundamentally good um if anything i feel like Aiton is the the deciding factor in a series like a final series um against Golden State just because Wiseman's out. And mm. I don't even know who the big right now is for your Golden when he's it's, out. I mean, it's uh, Kevon Looney. Yeah, which is. But also, also um, they've been playing Nemanja Bielitsa as a stretch big, which is kind of cool. What, what they said about that from, from interviews is like, 
he's really good because he can get the big to come out to the three point line because uh, he has a forty yeah. uh, percent yeah three point percent. So it makes the middle less crowded, so anybody yeah. can get the rebound. Oh, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, and, and like you know, Steph Curry can drive easier and and whatever. Like uh. it's it's just spacing the floor. The the way they constructed their team this season, like there's no surprise why they're so successful. Okay, so I. I, this is the last thing that I'll say about this. I do a little bit of like gambling on the side and just like messing around. I put a hundred bucks on Steph Curry to win MVP before the season started. I was like, bro, oh, this wow. team. Yeah, I was like, this team looks freaking good. And he was like probably like the six on the list. You know, it was like uh, Giannis, LeBron, uh, uh, Jokic again. And then Steph was down there. I was like, that's freaking value. <laughs> like Steph is gonna ball the hell out this year. Yeah, and what then, are the odds on that? Dude? It was plus six fifty. So oh, yeah. not super super high, but I mean that's pretty. Jokic was like 200 or something. They assumed he was going to... And he has like the best PER Dude, right he now. Does, he Jokic is balling his mind out, he honestly. Is, but I I would not... It, fuck, I don't want to jinx not, myself. He's not flashy enough. He, you got to be kind of flashy. To win MVP? I think so. But he won last year, so who knows, right? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> his assist is insane. Yeah. Like, he's so good. Best, probably so the underrated. Best, yeah, best assist for like a center at like all time. He's freaking good. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so anyway, see, this is the craziest... I love this podcast. This is one of my favorite episodes already. We Dude, got answers all over the place. Yeah, this is so fun. <laughs> yeah. I love this, man. I'm so happy. Well, thank you so much for coming in. I know um, you have a flight back out. You're heading out to uh, Canada later today, but mm-hmm. you made time to come in. So I really appreciate that. Love hearing your story, and I love you know helping to get your name out there through my socials and through High Connect Studios socials and stuff as well through the podcast. So um, could you let us everybody know where to find you, man? Yeah. Um, so Evan Nagal on everything. Like literally, uh, if you go on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, uh, Spotify, Evan Nagal. Also, you can look me up as Evan from Heaven, and okay. that'll show up as everything too. And okay. it's easier to remember. So <laughs> yeah, so either place, man. Very easy to remember. Evan Nagal, Evan from Heaven. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Dude, thank you, man. <laughs> Appreciate Dude, you so this much. This is such a good vibe, man. Dude, I know. I, I can't we wait to do this again. <laughs> I'm super Maybe excited. I gotta start a podcast. This is fun. Dude, you should. And uh, you have like a really good speaking voice too. Like, okay, well, sorry, we're gushing too much. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna talk okay. to this guy off camera. Sorry, guys, I'm taking him away. <laughs> okay. Anyway, thank you guys so much for watching. Appreciate all you guys. Well, we will be back with another episode next week. Appreciate everybody here. Uh, make sure you guys like the videos, comment uh, wherever you guys are. Rate, please, as you guys go um and we will see you guys next week on another episode of the high connect podcast subscribe subscribe okay <laughs> shoot guys thank you so much <laughs> this is fun though